Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another production of the Four Eyed Radio Network at fouredradio.com. This Four Eyed Radio production is brought to you by America Joy Print Shop. All your printing needs taken care of in one convenient place. Visit americajoy.com for business cards, flyers, banners, decals, car wraps, and more. Visit americajoy.com. All hands, prepare for the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Stand by for transmission. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode number 18 and is being recorded on April 4th, 2013. Today's topic, Star Trek 2009. I'm Aaron. I'm Marty. And I'm Eric. So how are you guys doing this week? Good. How was everyone's Easter? Oh, it was good. Very pagan. Ah. Well, we have bunnies and chickens running around everywhere. That ain't very Catholic. It's actually the, the, the pagan holiday was um, spelled I-S-H-T-A-R. Do you know how to pronounce that? No. Do you? <laughs> yes. There's a movie. There's a movie? I wasn't paying attention. Ishtar. What is it? Ishtar? But in the language in the darkness. Of, it's actually called yeah, Ishtar into darkness. <laughs> it was actually called Easter. So we even stole the name. Ah. Well, yeah. We we we've done that with a lot of holidays. Not us personally, but Yeah, Christmas. No, I stole that from holidays. <laughs> so on to the news. Day, we stole that. A what? New Year's Day. We stole that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. We stole Lots it from the Romulans. We stole yes, it from April. April O'Neil. April Fools. You guys Just... are all a bunch of fools. Oh, snap. Did you guys uh, <laughs> see my April Fools joke that I posted? Yes, I did. <laughs> did you? And I thought it was uh, hilarious. I thought so. Marty, did you see it? Which one was it? The um I do the, I do remember seeing it because I said something to it. Yeah, it, the uh imperial imperial The Imperial uh Starfleet Escape Podcast. Yes. Uh for uh Star Wars because we ran out of Star Trek topics. That would I don't think that's happen. ever gonna happen. No, it it won't ever happen. That's why he's saying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I uh, I replaced the one of the thruster assemblies that I have on the uh, our uh, escape pod logo, and I replaced it with the Imperial logo from Star Wars. So I thought it was hysterical because when I was too. when I was younger, I saw that it was one of the Star Wars. I think it was the second one, uh, and they say Starfleet, and I was like, "That's not Starfleet." <laughs> <laughs> so into the news. Actually, the day after we recorded our last episode about Romulans, this little tidbit came out. Uh, Star Trek Online is releasing an expansion pack, uh, Legacy of Romulus. Nice. So it, it covers the events after the destruction of uh, Romulus. And I heard that it includes uh, Denise Crosby coming back as uh, Sela. Right. The only blonde-haired uh, Romulan. Uh, yeah. Also, the international trailer. I think this also came out the day, either the night of or the day after. It was, our, the, it was the night of. Yeah, the the international trailer of the Star Trek Into Darkness gives users some new shots and some Easter eggs for posters. 
uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, if you freeze frame some of the uh, trailers, you can find little uh, URR, uh, <laughs> URL codes, <laughs> like bit.ly URLs that you uh, can type in and uh, see the posters. Well, I did not. Uh, I didn't notice that. I'll have to check that out again. Yeah, you, you're not gonna. You have to be paying attention for it. It doesn't. Try. One of them that I saw was uh, that shot of Carol Marcus in her um, briefs. That was uh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, really nice. So in the like lower right-hand corner, there's a little URL code that <laughs> because no one's gonna be paying attention to the URL code. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, but it's like embedded into the into the scene. So it's really? not like an yeah, it's not like an overlay where you can see it like obviously see it. It's in the shot, like they like Photoshop did in or something. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So that that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, especially that's that shot. I think some of the other one, other uh, trailers had it in different places. I believe. Really. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, for Earth Hour, in the skies of London, they had these quadcopters with lights on them uh, that made the Starfleet insignia. Have you guys see, seen the video? No. I didn't see the video for that. It sounds yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I guess the, the power source for the uh, quadcopters was green. They had it charged in somewhere. I don't know exactly where. And then they... Put, put it in lights, the Starfleet insignia. Very cool. Yeah. I, I wish they did it in more cities, but I can understand since uh, London is going to play a big part in the new movie, uh, yeah, well, why they, they would they do it there. They should have at least done it in uh, San Francisco, too. Yeah, that's a good point. For uh, Starfleet headquarters. Yeah. And apparently it, it looks like from the trailer, most of uh, San Francisco gets destroyed. <laughs> right. That ship flying into it. Oh, yeah, yeah, into the bay. Mm-hmm. Right. Ah, so, Eric, this uh, new Forbes interview states the upcoming Star Trek game is canon. Yeah, so I, I found this interesting tidbit. According to Brian Miller, senior VP and games producer of Paramount Pictures, Trekkers are going to like Star Trek because it's a canon story. You are getting an untold adventure that you can't get anywhere else. We wanted to make a game that could be a movie on its own. Hmm. Miller said, when we were doing some recording sessions, Zachary Quino said, change these lines because Spock would never say that. Hmm. And Simon Pegg, who played Scotty, asked if he could improv a little bit. So they said, well, yeah, if Simon asked that, the answer is always yes. Just let <laughs> him improv. Uh, Paramount and the digital Paramount Pictures group brought Star Trek composer Michael Giacchino uh, back on board. So he wrote two hours of original music for the game, oh, wow. uh, which was played by a 100-piece live orchestra. The game also will include a few Easter eggs that flash back to the original series, and you'll like this, Aaron, <laughs> including the fuzzy tribbles. Awesome. So, yeah, it sounds like they're, you know, really treating this game as as something official that mm. will tie in uh, more story. And the fact that, that they're actually considering this a canon story, mm. that's something that other games and other books uh, have have not been designated as canon. Like, right. everything that's not on screen is, is usually 
uh, not considered canon. So this is actually uh, quite a big surprise. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would never have imagined. I, I, I definitely, like I said before, I have this pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to play it. It comes out later this month, and I'm ready to go into darkness. <laughs> oh, we should all get it in co-op and play it. Yeah, if, if you guys have Xbox, I know, Aaron, you do, but if you get it for Xbox, yeah, let's totally uh, co-op, co-op with it. Yeah, this next piece of information I heard, and I, I don't... I saw it online, too. Yeah, I, I am not quite sure if... Uh, it's true. No, I, I don't know if it would actually happen. Well, <laughs> there, there, is, there is good news on that front. So the original story... A recent interview by Brandon Braga confirms the possibility of a fifth season of Enterprise. Mm-hmm. He was saying that because of the rise of Netflix and Kickstarter and how there's uh, more and more shows that are being funded uh, by the fans or non-networks like Netflix, yep. he said that the possibility is there. So uh, Doug Drexler who has worked on all the uh, Star Trek series as a production artist, is spearheading a new Facebook group, which has just reached uh, 2,500 fans to spread the word. And basically, the strategy is to watch Enterprise on Netflix as much as you can uh, to raise interest and get the numbers up. And if the, the numbers are there... Uh, there's a good possibility that Netflix might be interested in picking up a fifth season. Nice. Mm. And earlier, a couple days ago, uh, there was an interview released uh, that Scott Bakula said that he would totally be up for uh, getting the gang back together and either producing a movie or a small miniseries to Mm. uh, continue the uh, enterprise. Yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome. Uh, with Netflix, they when they produce a, a season, they throw all the episodes out there at once. I didn't know that. Yeah, with uh, House of Cards and with uh, the new season of Arrested Development. Wait, Arrested Development? Yeah, Arrested Development. Yeah, all the episodes are released at one time. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I actually can't wait for the, the new season of Arrested Development. I think it's going to be hilarious. I'm a huge fan. And I had no idea that they were they were going to release it all at once. Because yeah. like with Hulu, what they do with their original programming is they release it on a certain day mm-hmm. of the week, and they just release it weekly. But right. wow, Netflix! I, I'll probably go through a Arrested Development like binge when yeah. it comes out. <laughs> right. I think that's what they hope. <laughs> With Hulu, they are heavily sponsor-orientated, so they rely on getting uh, sponsors uh, to play along with their shows. But Netflix, um, I I know they're based on subscriptions, and um, so any views are basically their ratings. Yeah, right. right. But you got to realize also, do you remember how the whole thing with Family Guy? Yeah. I mean, look at Family Guy. Family Guy was canceled twice from a major network. And because of the demand of the um, of the fans, it came back mm-hmm. twice. So, w- would you guys be up for a fifth season of Enterprise? Absolutely, I think it's what it was missing. It needs. I think you could do the Romulan Wars. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Because mm-hmm. I think that's where they were going with it. Yeah, there was. Um, 
actually, uh, Manny Cotto, who um, spearheaded the fourth season of, of Enterprise. Which I think is the best season because of him. Exactly. Yeah. They actually had plans on what they were going to do for a fifth season. Um, they were going to have Shran as a regular mm. and on the bridge. They they were going to visit the Cloud City, that, that like castle in the sky uh, from the original series. Mm-hmm. And they were going to tie in a lot more original series aspects, like what they were doing with the fourth season. Right. And then also leading into the Romulan War. So I, I'm totally game for it. I, I've actually been watching a lot more Enterprise on Netflix, even though I already have all the DVDs. And they also uh, last week released the first season uh, Blu-ray. Of right, Enterprise. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of Tribbles. Oh God. Uh, uh, we've we've talked about this company before, uh, QMX. Yeah. Uh, they've unveiled a new Tribble, uh, and it will be available soon. And it is included in a specially designed container. I'd like to see you in a specially designed container. <laughs> I bet you would. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I saw the, the picture for it. it. It looks really cool. I actually have uh, one of these uh, tribbles in a, that was released quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's in a similar uh, packaging. Okay. I, I really can't tell how big it is. Right. Um, so I, I really don't know if this is a really small item or or if it's really big. Well, yeah. Well, QMX has been doing like official like sized props and stuff, right? Really? Yeah. So yeah, going by their track record, this is probably um, a life size triple. Right. Which is awesome. Life size triple. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, uh, 40 years ago, on April 3rd, the first cell phone call was made by Martin Cooper, who was inspired by the original Star Trek communicator. That's awesome. I, I can't believe we've actually had uh, cell phone technology for 40 years. That's yeah, a long time. just was not feasible, I think, money-wise to do it on well, to, like, mass-produce them. Yeah. Well, they were huge, too, the first ones. It's all about size tonight. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, what? So, could you um, imagine though? Could you imagine carrying something like? I mean, the military had that technology because you know those phones they always showed them in the in the field with. Yeah, yeah, of course, Radio. of course, yeah. uh, military. They get uh, the things early. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had the internet. What forty years before we did? 30, 30 years. Whenever Al Gore uh, created it. Created it, yeah. But it was seven. So yeah, uh, that's cool. Everyone has a cell phone nowadays. No, I'm sorry. I have a smart. Can you make calls on it? That actually, I don't know. <laughs> do everything I, else. I actually still use telegraph. So <laughs> that's how I communicate. <laughs> so uh, what next? Uh, so Aerospace Industries Association of America uh, raised funds on Indiegogo on the behalf of NASA to edit uh, We Are the Explorers into a 30-second trailer, which will air before Star Trek Into Darkness. Really? Yeah, so I guess NASA, because of you know whatever budget restrictions, uh, they can't pay for their own advertising for this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why the AIA... Uh, went ahead and uh, started the Indiegogo to create this trailer for this movie, uh, which is cool. Go NASA. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> It is kind of sad that they don't get the funding they need to even edit a 30 second commercial. Right, yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they made this movie and then they couldn't like edit this and get it played in theaters nationwide. Mm-hmm. It's uh kind of sad. We'll have the link to the Indiegogo in the show notes if you want to go on. I think you can still yeah, I'm I'm bringing it up right now. There are 27 days left. Okay, yeah. And they have $45,226 out of a $33,000 goal. So they've already met their goal, and I assume that any extra funding is just going to make a much better commercial. Oh, yeah. So that's awesome. The internet is awesome. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, finally in the news... On April the 5th, it will be 50 years until 2063, First Contact Day. Well, it was supposed to be 2061 originally, right? Uh, they played around with the Did date. Did they abandon that one totally? I don't 2061. know. 2061? Well, they probably... It's, it's 2063. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Or, but you I, do know what I'm talking about. Yeah, in the I know in the encyclopedia, the the first encyclopedia that came out, the timeline was different because of some odd reason, uh, and then they because they were it. making it up as they were going along. <laughs> yeah, probably. You mean this is made up? What? No, it's real. So next, uh, Marty's uh, favorite segment of the show. Would you buy it? <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. True that. But not for the 30 they They're asking for it. No, just kidding. <laughs> so uh, before we unveil what this is, would you guys buy this? Yes. Actually, I was looking at it the other day. I was going to buy one. Uh, yes, I would, I would also buy it. Yeah, I would too. What we're talking about are <laughs> Star Trek uh, polos, original series. So they come in the Command Gold Science Blue and Operations Red uh, with the Delta Shield logos. And this is from the We Love Fine Shirts.com. Yeah. I mean, they, they always have really cool shirts, really cool apparel. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see that they're expanding their Star Trek line. These, these look really classy. Yeah. I, but. I think they were limited. I'm not sure if you can actually buy these. Right you, can. Now. you can. They, they actually all out ran of them. out. They ran out of their first stock on okay. the day that they made them. Right. So they said that they made more. So okay. Cool. You can you can always buy these. Awesome. Because yeah, when Star Trek uh, announced it on their first on their Facebook feed and then on their Twitter, I clicked on the link and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Then I clicked to see. Like you know the pricing and stuff, and they were like, "Oh, sold out, right? no!" They were like, 10 left." I was like, "What? What? Yeah, you need to stock up, brother." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I mean, they're going to continue to make these. It's just they had uh, unlimited uh, first uh, run stock. Mm. They probably didn't realize how popular these were going to be. Th- these are officially licensed by Star Trek. So next is some uh, pretty awesome news. First off, would you guys buy these? Uh, yeah, totally. Yes. I already have one. <laughs> <laughs> and what we are talking about are um, custom Star Trek hats from the Divine Taylor S on Etsy. Right now they have uh, two to order, the um, Andorian hat, which I have, and the uh, Klingon uh, hat. 
there will be more designs to come. And as a special deal, um, you can use the code Starfleet Deal yep. for ten percent off on Etsy, or you can mention uh, that code in an email if you're ordering a cus- custom costume piece. Uh, they do costume commissions. Uh, Divine Tailoress is a tailor of over thirty years' experience. That's getting into the kind of the nerd culture uh, costuming world. So. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter uh, for a Star Trek giveaway coming soon. And that's uh, twitter.com slash Divine Taylor uh, They're also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Divine Taylor And um, you can also ma- email them at tayloress at mail.com uh, for custom commissions, questions, uh, inquiries. So all, all those links will be on our show notes. Uh, where you also can see a picture of the hats. Yeah, and these hats are pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got the um, Andorian one for uh, Christmas, and I couldn't have been more happy. They're uh, they're really cool. De- definitely uh, take uh, advantage of the coupon code for 10% off. I, I think it's a pretty good deal. So now... Suck my ridges. No. <laughs> Speaking of family guy... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so the topic of today's show is Star Trek 2009. 2009 or the or JJ Star Trek JJ yeah. the Abrams verse as some people call it. See, I don't like how they say that the Abrams verse. So I, I guess they could call the original Star Trek the Gene verse. Yes, the Roddenberry verse. So that would make the, 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 the Rodden verse. <laughs> the Rodden verse. <laughs> Rodimus Prime verse. Wait a minute. The Great Bird of the Galaxy verse. Yeah, that works too. <laughs> the, Rob, yeah, the Captain April verse. Uh, so yeah. So we're talking about this because um, Into Darkness, the sequel, is coming out in a month and a half, mm-hmm. and we figured it'd be a good time to uh, review the the movie that started it all. Exactly. For for the Abrams verse. <laughs> yeah, and we all watched it last night. Uh, so it's fairly fresh in our minds, so hopefully we'll have a good discussion. Uh, we have some talking points that we uh, we wrote down, so hopefully we'll be able to get to uh, the most important things, and hopefully we don't leave anything out. So um, first of all, um, do you guys like uh, Star Trek, J.J. Star Trek? Mm. I just, my mouth almost, my jaw just almost fell off. Do you like Star Trek? <laughs> um, no, I hate it. That's why I do this. Well, to be fair, there were a lot of um, hardcore Trekkies that absolutely hated this movie. Yeah, yeah. Thought it was a total a, front. Just out of curiosity, is it the same amount that hate Voyager? I mean, um, did I bring that up? Oh. <laughs> you okay. <see> <laughs> actually... There are a lot of people that did not like this idea when it first came out. I I personally didn't like the idea because I thought they were going to destroy the – well, they kind of did, but I thought it would be just so different that I wouldn't want to watch it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's that pushback. Is yeah, that- I mean, I, I was – I admit I was a little bit reluctant at first, but um, that quickly changed because, I mean, it's Star Trek. It's a new Star Trek movie. Come on. I'm glad that there were enough ties to the prime universe that it didn't bother me. Yeah. But we'll go into that. Right. I, um, 
uh, I I liked the movie. Yeah. Uh, and when I watched it last night, I uh, I haven't watched it in uh, probably a few years. Uh, oh really? Really? Yeah. You best. <laughs> Uh, probably, You're talking about this new movie the whole time, and you haven't watched that in a long time. I hadn't watched it in, I, I would say, two years, and uh, I had forgotten how good it was. Yeah, somebody, uh, somebody uh, mentioned, uh, did, you, did you see that? Uh, I forget who it was, but I think it was the Eric said, I, f- I never forgot how good it that, was. That, that was me. Oh, that was you. I thought it was the other Eric. <laughs> no, no, no. There's two yeah. Eric's. Yeah, Aaron, you, you said, oh, yeah, I forgot how good this was. And I'm like, I never forgot how good this was. <laughs> he gets personal with that one, yeah. I, I I honestly, the second I saw the movie, I was just totally blown away with it. And there's yeah. no other word. I mean, he took it. He took something that he, I, I honestly believe that he took what we love and made it even better because it actually there are people out there that will talk about this movie that aren't Trekkies. Right, it's Boy more trackers. mainstream. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I, um, real life. I, I was fortunate to see this movie at an advanced screening, mm-hmm. um, so I got to see it a couple weeks before everyone else. Mm-hmm. No, Mr. Important. No. Well, I yeah, did. Too. But did you? But with, yeah, we talked about this like yeah, we did. episodes ago, seven months ago, probably. Go ahead. But yeah. but even then, even after seeing it the first time, I probably saw this movie like four more times in the theater. I saw it three. Yeah, I saw I it uh, a few times. three times since I was forced to see Titanic that many times. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, it's a testament to how good this movie is. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had some gripes with it, but um, overall, it's pretty good. The uh, like the first ten minutes of the film, uh, I was confused at first. Well, it was my favorite moments of the whole movie. It was the yeah. first like ten minutes. But it just jumps up on you like his other movies. He always does that. He jumps right into yeah. You're the right action. into the action. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like kind of a good uh, a good teaser, like uh, all the episodes of uh, Star Trek. How it set up with the teaser and then mm-hmm. the the opening credits and then you know the the rest of the acts. Yeah, it's uh, it was kind of broken up like that, and I I thought that was uh, kind of a I don't know if it was intentional, but it was a good kind of callback, I think. So what about this movie, though? What what was your number one? Like, I know this is off the script, but mm-hmm. we don't have a script. Wait a minute. No, um, uh, what is the number one thing about the movie that grabbed you, like, the most? Other than, like, you just said the beginning. Mm-hmm. But what was the one thing that he brought to the movie, like, story-wise? It really was um, story. uh, <laughs> for me, it, it was the inclusion of uh, Leonard Nimoy as Spock. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really glad that they brought him uh, back. back into this movie and to tie it into the Prime Universe. Mm-hmm. Why don't you want to hear Shatner? No. That whole Shatner <laughs> controversy kind of yeah drug down any news of the film from me. So mm-hmm. I was just glad that it was Nimoy. Yeah, well, I, I kind of like Nimoy better than Shatner. Whenever I think of Star Trek, at least the original, I personally don't think of. Uh, Shatner. Shatner. I I think of Spock. Did you say Bavarian? No, just kidding. You think uh, of Spock? Not I think Kirk? of Spock. Yeah. I I don't know if it's because I relate to the character of Spock more than uh the character of Kirk. Really? Yeah. Well, look at the years. You seem well, um, you seem more like a Nurse Chapel to me. Anyways, I I would like to see more of Nurse <laughs> Chapel. Um. I mean, anyways, <laughs> no Spock is a. Uh, 
you know, when it, when anyone thinks of Star Trek, they mainly think of Spock. See, I thought I thought I would agree with you in that fact, mm-hmm. but where I disagree with that is I think where Chris Pine played such a good Kirk. Oh well, I mean, I think he was the the best part of the whole movie. But I think Pine is a better Kirk than Shatner. Personally. I agree. I think he could be a better everything than Shatner. Oh yeah, he probably <laughs> could be a better T.J. Hooker. Chris Pine remakes uh, Tech War. <laughs> Chris Pine in the remake of Airplane Two. <laughs> Way better steady. Keep her up. <laughs> Oh, man, I can envision a new uh, series of Photoshops. Yeah. Well, I thought earlier when you were talking about your, your postings, I thought you were talking yeah. about the other thing there, uh, the comic script you put there. Oh. We can yeah. speak <laughs> We can speak three dialects of Rom. <laughs> I mean, uh, three dialects yeah. of Romulan, but we yeah. can't speak Klingon. Yeah, and that would have been funnier if I had remembered that she had translated the uh, distress signal from the 47 Klingon ships. Uh, That would have been a lot funnier. (laughs) (laughs) But I completely forgot about it until I watched uh, the movie yesterday. (laughs) I was like, God damn, too late now. Mm -hmm. I can't rewrite history. So speaking of um, the be- the beginning, uh, which mm-hmm. I thought was a great opener, yeah. it was pretty emotional uh, with uh, K- Kirk's dad. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. What, what did you guys think of the USS Kelvin? I thought it was cool because we'd always heard about ships that look like that, but we'd actually never seen one really. Yeah. Uh, one nacelle all... and yeah, you know, all... secondary um, hull. Yeah, like those kind of ships were big in like the like fan produced books or the uncanon books that came out in like the eighties mm-hmm. of uh, those one cell like the I think the Freedom class I believe is that kind of uh, design mm-hmm. uh, similar to it. <laughs> I also like the fact that it broke the rule of I guess Roddenberry put it out there single numbered right. nacelles. Yeah, well... Or odd-numbered nacelles. Odd-numbered nacelles. I'm sure, you know, people would just say, oh, like with the Enterprise uh, D, the uh, refit that they showed in All Good Things, they'll just say that there was two uh, warp warp coils or whatever. Yeah, two sets of warp coils. Yeah, which uh, don't violate Gene Roddenberry's rule, which I think that was the Think Geek, uh, the answer to the Think Geek question that uh, brought me and Eric together. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, isn't that nice? Did you guys mark the date and um, are you going to have uh, an anniversary? I, I, actually could pro- I could probably find it on Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Download the archive. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter <laughs> has those archives now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll have a special anniversary episode <laughs> of uh, the podcast. But I guess like for the Kelvin, um, at least in the the movie, I noticed that it it really looked dirty. It was really grimy. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it looked like it had been in service for a long time. Yeah. They definitely, though, if you think about it, they were deep space they, at the time. Yeah. I don't think they were as far out there as they would almost be like the uh, what was the name of that ship? The uh, the Griff uh, the Grissom in Star Trek uh, Two. Oh, just okay. kind of an out there yeah. exploratory vessel. Yeah. 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 I, I noticed in the engineering area in particularly, you could totally tell that they filmed it in a refinery. Yeah. <laughs> Just because of, I mean, in the Enterprise too, but 
I mean, you could really tell the iron like gratings Beams, with like the rivets yeah. in it. Yeah. And but who knows? That might be true on the inside. Well, it's it's just kind of odd since you know riveting is yeah, not even used that, now. <laughs> that that yeah, it's not even used now. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, I, he. I think JJ just wanted a uh, old rusty feel to it, and in contrast with the new Enterprise, which is all shiny uh, and shiny Apple new. store looking. <laughs> also with the Kelvin, um, I mean, I, I really like the design of the ship. I thought it was cool, mm-hmm. but those weapons were—I mean, the weapons look pretty sweet, but they were no match for substandard. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were no match for the Narada. Yeah, of well, course, it was what a hundred years older, um, newer, or from the future. <laughs> it's from <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's um, yeah. So that was the uh, early twenty-third century, and the Narada was from the late twenty-fourth. So, <laughs> what what the ship though? I, can I just bring up one thing? The pure yeah. magnitude of the Narada. Mm-hmm. I mean, it even dwarfs the freaking. Uh, uh, scimitar. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not the, scimitar. The, the is it scimitar? The one that. Uh, um, what's it? Yeah. 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 It totally. You know, it's so much bigger. It's four miles long, or something yeah. like that. It's huge, and they the rendering was to scale in uh, the computer. <laughs> So it took them like days to render scenes. Wait, why? Why did they render it in scale? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know, but it was rendered, make it look more realistic. To make it look more realistic, so everything was in scale. Like you know, you'll scale things up and whatever. Yeah, but, but to, to render like a four mile you know ship in scale—that's that's insane. Yeah, so it took them so long yep. to uh, render that. They had ship. issues with that too because the computers couldn't um, render it. It was crazy, and the I don't know. And I I wasn't really a, a fan of the Narada. I didn't design. like how it looked. There's an explanation for why it looked the way it did in yeah. the uh, Countdown comic. Yeah. So when Romulus was destroyed, they took their mining vessel. And they went to a secret uh, Romulan, kind of like the Romulans Area 51 was. Yeah. And they augmented their vessel with Borg technology. So that's why the Narada oh looks the way it does. At least in the, in the comics. In the comics. So they technically that into... thing is a Borg mix. That's yeah. why it's so powerful. Yeah. Well, did you notice that the weapons themselves glowed like the Borg? Well, they glowed green. Yeah, but it yeah. looked more like the the board stuff on the outside of like when Voyager had the augmentation. Yeah, exactly. I did like the the weapons though. How they I thought split. it was cool. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. How they uh, broke up into many many pieces. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it looked like they really um, tore through Everything. any shields that that the Ke- Kelvin had. Oh yeah. I don't think the Kelvin had any shields that could even get close to protecting itself. No. Not with that advanced technology. We get a pretty epic opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now with those... I like how they went down the hull, too. That's the other thing. How they went down the hull at the beginning. You don't know what that stuff flying by you is. Yeah. Because all you see is lights and it reflected off the metal and you don't know oh, that yeah, it's yeah. metal yet. Right. That was pretty cool. That was cool. And it was upside down when you were going down it. Yeah. And I liked how they had the like original series kind of like... The effects. Um, yeah. Like the like sounds. The, like the... Yeah. Whoop, whoop, 
Yeah. That was that was pretty cool. Um now did you think the uniforms that they wore were a little out of place? I thought they looked like more like the futuristic ones. Yeah, me too. The one color. Yeah, I mean, I, I did too, to an extent. N- no, it did look similar to the the red uniforms we saw, like in Voyager's finale and all good things. They had a similar, like that one stripe um, yeah. separating their shoulders. Yeah, and even the um, the Delta, the Starfleet insignia, how it yeah. had, it was like just the outline and what happened to every metal? ship every ship having its own symbol at that point well they threw that away yeah yeah they did <laughs> but, uh, wouldn't, but wouldn't the whole wouldn't the timeline still be the same at that point well i'm going to get into that later what's oh, up boy. with that <laughs> <laughs> so after um after we get the kelvin mm-hmm. it's awesomeness the the film after the credit sequence uh Goes into Kirk and Spock's uh, backgrounds, their childhoods. Oh, before we go into that, uh, the no, we're going <laughs> that uh, that credits sequ- uh, sequence where we have um, Star Trek and that uh, kind of like metally looking uh, insignia moving. But it's the old, it's the old insignia. Yeah, yeah, that that was produced by like a college student at the time. What? Yeah, and then JJ saw it and was like, "Yeah, let's put that in." I'm like pretty the, sure I'm right about that. Did he steal it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't I'll know. be honest with you. I thought the music was spot on, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the music was great. Yeah, I really liked the da-na-da-na-bana. Like that whole, that whole score. It was really nice. Definitely. Uh, so sorry to cut you off, Eric. Uh, no, damn it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, getting uh, into Kirk and Spock's uh, backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked it. Uh, Kirk... Uh, showed him as a as a young kid. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the yeah. youngest we've seen Kirk portrayed in any of the the films or movies I or shows. So. Yeah. yeah, and so it's in Iowa. Uh, he's rebelling against his stepdad mm-hmm. um, while his mother is off planet. Off planet, yeah. Um, and he takes his uh, stepdad's uh, car for a joyride. Yeah, which is cool. Uh, I know when that first. Uh came out people were complaining because there was a an episode in the original series i think it's uh, a piece of the action yeah uh and he's uh, trying to drive a car and he doesn't quite get it at first mm-hmm. and then they have this scene <laughs> where he's you know driving the car perfectly yeah well you know when when you're a kid you know you probably yeah, forget you that yeah so it, it was kind of funny because he was playing beastie boys yeah, right. which I would thought I would never hear in any Star Trek anything. And I love how he screams at the same yeah. point in the song where, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And then his stepdad calls him on a Nokia phone. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, Nokia in uh, dashboard in phone. Yeah, no, in dashboard, though. Yeah. Well, someone but has then again, he's driving. How old is the car? That's a 60s car. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the car's at least a couple hundred years old. Yeah, a couple hundred years old. <laughs> yeah. Nokia Which, can't even make a good phone now. No. <laughs> and, um, and then he drives past his friend, Johnny, and I thought about this. You know, what about his uh, brother, George, that mm-hmm. we've seen in the original series? Right. And apparently, there's a deleted scene where um, Johnny is actually uh, George Samuel Kirk, and it's not his stepdad, it's his uncle. Mm. 
So, they changed uh, it. so yeah, his brother was supposed to appear, but his character was entirely cut from the final part of it. And we only see him and where Jim Kurt calls out as he's driving past him. And he's like, hey, Johnny. So, oh, Johnny. Well, here's a question. George was older, you said? Yeah, George was older. Okay. So my question is: Is where is George when they're on the Calvin? On Earth. Could be. Could be, but he'd he'd still be a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you would think the mother would have him on the ship. Well, I don't. I mean, at that time, they didn't have families aboard. Then why was his wife on board? Starfleet officer. Yeah, she was an officer. Was she? Yeah. Well, uh, well, she was giving birth at the time, so we didn't see her in a uh, uniform. Yeah, but I didn't know she was an officer in it. I don't know. I mean, that's the only explanation to have her on. You guys just talking out here, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we are. I guess to expand on that deleted scene, George uh, Kirk, who we see as Johnny, uh, runs away from home. And his brother, um, also, they're trying to escape the cruelty of their uncle Frank who um, they're finding impossible to be a Kirk in Frank's household. He's also angered that Frank has claimed their late father's Corvette as his own. Ah, okay. And after George leaves, Jim finds the keys to the Corvette and drives off in the car. As originally conceived, Jim drove by and called out to a shot George, who had been trying to hitchhike. Uh So I think that would have been a better Better. scene. Even Even if they didn't have all that... It could have still he could have still yelled out to George. <laughs> they didn't need to change it to Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that was a little odd. Yeah. Oh, Johnny. Uh, so he's also when he's driving, uh, police officer tries to pull him over, and I mentioned this in the uh, previous podcast, but the mask that is on the officer's face is uh, digitally put in. Originally, there was no mask. Yeah. Yeah, you put it on afterwards. Yeah. I, I thought that looked so convincing. I thought that was always meant to be there. Yeah, it, it definitely. Actually, when I was watching it the other night after he said that, mm-hmm. I was watching the thing, and you can kind of tell if you slow it down, yeah. which I did, by the way. Um, it's it's It does look very... Yeah, fake. well, there's a part <laughs> where he's... When he first gets off that hover bike, uh, it looks like he's trying to pick up like glasses like sunglasses or like goggles or something yeah uh, when he first gets off and then you see him and there's obviously it's a mask on his face there's no goggles that you can see uh, but that's that's what it looked like to me like originally there was goggles that he was taking off and that, i believe that's also jj's voice that's been altered i think yeah JJ. yeah from from what i heard so we cut to um, Kirk being um, kind of a bar rat. Uh, well, not, oh, oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, but uh, well, I don't know if we have it mentioned later on. Uh, but we have. We also see Spock as a youth, yes. and uh, his uh, struggles with being half human. And then we again cut back to uh, well, like with, um, oh. with Spock. I, I really liked um, the little Easter eggs that they had, like. He was doing the test, yeah. uh, the computer test that, that we cool. saw from Star Trek IV. Yeah, and much faster. Yeah, it was a lot faster. We also see that he's a bit rebellious in terms of Vulcans. Right. Um, so it's kind of nice to see the parallels with uh, a young Kirk. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. then, then like you were saying, uh, Kirk is a the bar rat genius, <laughs> repeat offender. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a repeat offender. Pike kind of gets him out of trouble, and um, he even says to Kirk, which I think this line is hilarious considering the timeline of the film. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, you can be an officer in four years and have your own ship in eight. Then later at the dock, Kirk says, four years. I'll do it in three. And I mean, that came true. Like he became an officer in three years, but he definitely got his own ship quite a bit earlier than that (laughs) than than eight years. I just thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. And and like we also messed up in the movie though. How fast Uh, he goes up. Totally messed up. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like one of my only gripes with this film, but Mm -hmm. it also makes it, how good it is too, like the fast paced nature of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's so great because the movie just kept rolling and it really made the film flow. Right. But at the same time, they really condense the timeline for certain actions. Like Kirk goes from cadet to captain, you know, pretty fast. 17 right. minutes yeah. is fast track. <laughs> yeah. I just watched uh, the next generation episode conspiracy uh, a couple of weeks ago. And they had a Starfleet officer that they said uh, was the fastest person to be promoted to captain. Yeah. Obviously, in this timeline, that would have gotten wiped totally out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we just got rid of that one. Because, I mean, he just graduated. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, he didn't even even graduate. (laughs) He was on academic suspension, and then he gets promoted to captain. Yeah. That didn't make any sense either. No. Yeah, I definitely think they either jumped forward to certain points of time in the movie, but because the movie was so fast-paced, it seemed like it was just happening all at once. And also, well, I have I have it a little later on in the notes, but it seemed like everyone was getting promoted in this movie. Uh, Pike got promoted to admiral. Yeah. And what exactly did he do to warrant to be uh, to get this promotion? Uh, he was caught <laughs> by the enemy, um, tortured, mm-hmm. and almost gave up the codes. He almost or, gave up the codes. Yeah, he yeah. did give up the codes. So why not? Yeah, uh, there's no problem with that. Right. Spock uh, is an instructor at the academy. Uh-huh. Uh, he already had the rank of commander yeah. uh, by the time the uh, you know the we're the in the action here. Yeah. So we found out for the last four years he was uh, programming the Kobayashi Maru. And then we learned that Spock is an instructor at the academy uh, because he taught Uhura, uh, I believe. That's what I'm always gathering. Spock Spock was really busy at the academy, okay? Apparently. (laughs) Um, And then he also... However, however, hold on. They never said in the movie, although they do it Chronologically, they yeah. never say that Kirk and Spock being kids is the same time. Oh no 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 no! I'm not saying that. So, I mean, no no, I'm I'm uh, talking about here is like how he's doing all these things seemingly at once. He's programming the test. Mm-hmm. He's an instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think programming the test might fall into his instructor. Yeah. But it seemed like he was teaching linguistics. <laughs> so I don't see how they kind of... I don't even know why he's teaching linguistics. He could have been instructing linguistics for Vulcan. 
maybe, maybe. And then he has this uh, affair with a student, uh, Uhura, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem very Vulcan to me. It's also fraternization. Yeah. Um, and then he becomes promoted to the first officer of the new flagship, which, I mean, that could have been something that was supposed to happen a little bit later and then was moved up uh, because of the incident at Vulcan. Oh, also, I mean, to go back to the the whole Spock being older than Kirk, I, I was actually listening to the commentary last night as well, at least for the first part of the film. And they actually said that they wanted to have the Spock scenes first. Mm-hmm. Right. So not to open up with uh, the Kelvin, but then they thought that that would take away the focus from Kirk, who's the main character. Mm-hmm. So they um, changed the order of it a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. As- and that's why they cut out Spock's birth scene with uh, mm-hmm. with Amanda and Sarek. And that's so why it's oh, a... So that was supposed scene. to be in there? Yeah, that was supposed... That's how the film was supposed to open up. But they thought that, that it might confuse people uh, since Kirk is actually the main character. Yeah. But I, I, I still think the Kelvin was a pretty good choice for the beginning. Oh, yeah. It was my favorite part of the movie, like I said uh, earlier. So, yeah. So then the Kobayashi Maru. Uh, we found out how Kirk cheated. He runs a subroutine that reprograms the test uh, to that drops the Klingon's shields, which the uh, helm or the weapons officer uh, refers to as warbirds, which they, they weren't warbirds. They were, uh, I want to say, D7s. Yeah. And well, cl- well, clearly that cadet was going to fail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Spock, div- well, he works on the, on the test, but we know in the prime timeline, at least, he never took the test. Yeah, well, uh, ju- just because he never took the test doesn't mean that he couldn't have made it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree. I totally agree. I, one of the uh, pictures, uh, one of the comic things I made uh, involve the Kobayashi Maru. Mm-hmm. Um, and him, so the first part of it had uh, the prime Spock in, in Kirk uh, f- from the Wrath of Khan. In the caption, I put, uh, I never took the Kobayashi Maru scenario. And then at the bottom, I have the, uh, the new young alternate timeline Spock uh, looking over saying, I made it, or you know, something like that. <laughs> Uh, and you know, uh, when I post these things on like, uh, especially if, when I post them on uh, Google plus, I get like a ton of responses and these things that I make are made to be funny and kind of like lighthearted. Yeah. And you get some uh, people who are really pissed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good job, Aaron. I, I get some people that are, uh, that really get into it. Uh, especially with that last one I did with, uh, Uhura not knowing Klingon in the uh, I like that Doctor Six. I do too. That, that was a good one. People really got into that, and I actually learned uh, something I didn't know about that. A little sidetrack, but oh my God, you, you were admitting to not knowing something. Yeah, wow. I, I learned this in two places, on Facebook and on Google Plus. Uh, Hora, well, the actress, uh, protested that scene. Yes. Because she thought that she would have some, at least some basic knowledge of the Klingon language. Yeah, uh, but she they, was the communications officer. Right, uh, and as we we see with uh, Hoshi, you need to know these different languages. 
Yeah, uh, you, you need to know them in case the translator goes offline or it's a completely new species. Yeah, right. Or the universal, yeah. Although we don't see them, we don't see a, commun- a dedicated communications officer in future series, but I don't know. <laughs> that's because uh, that's how good the universal translator <laughs> ends up becoming. Yeah. Yeah, but she protested that in... But you know they. No, wanted... are you talking about um, Nichelle Nichols protesting yeah. that? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She protested it. She wanted, didn't want that scene in, but they wanted it in. Uh, for the know, humor. For aspect? the humor. Yeah. Um, you know, when I read, that's lame. Yeah. yeah. When I read that earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't read the whole thing, and I read it fast, and I thought you were talking about the uh, fact that she uh, remember in Star Trek Five, it looks like she's naked. So that's what you were talking about. <laughs> that's what she protested? Yeah, I don't want to be naked. <laughs> well, I don't know. I would have to uh, do more research on that, I guess. Sure you would. <laughs> <laughs> I will also do research. <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, <laughs> in the original timeline, Kirk gets a commendation for original thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's what they say in the, the Wrath of Khan when he says that he you know, cheated... Uh, to beat the no-win scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in the alternate universe here, uh, Kirk is put in under academic suspension. Yes. But it could also be said that, I mean, he could get the commendation for original thinking because of the events. I mean, he cheated, he was kicked off, but he got into the Enterprise, yada, yada. So they could have retroactively active, retroactively gave him that commendation. Yeah. Uh, I suppose, but I, I feel like that's a little bit of a stretch. I, I think you're a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> Actually, no. Have you seen how short he is? I'm pretty short. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. Remember that um, episode where uh, the doctor's holographic emitter was malfunctioning and he yeah. was on the uh, standing on his chair? Yeah. Of course that, I remember that. Yeah, that's how tall I am. <laughs> Oh, that's scary. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so how about the Klingons? What about those Klingons that we never saw and yeah, were supposed to be Klingons? in there? Yeah, they were they were supposed to be in the in the movie. They were cut out. Apparently Nero's crew was imprisoned on a Klingon penal colony. And that's where they were for twenty five years right. since Kirk's birth. Yeah. yeah. That part I actually find is a little bit of a stretch. Uh, it seems like if that happened, they would have had to allow themselves to be captured. Yeah. And then how did they regain? And where did the, the ship go? go? Yeah, where the ship it's go? It's a freaking huge ass ship. Where exactly are they going to hide it while they're on a penal colony doing manual labor? Oh, you know. You, Either way, you have it thrown to another. There's a lot of discrepancy there. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you could take it the other way. Even if they didn't have the pen- penal colony scene, mm-hmm. then you're thinking, well, what have these guys been doing for 25 years? Have they just been sitting on their asses? Like, what? Waiting for Spock. That's what it looks like in the movie. <laughs> it looks like they're just waiting for Spock yeah. for the last 25 well, years. I, I don't know. If you have 25 years, instead of just waiting for one guy... I would assume that they could have done some major damage to the Federation, which was their whole goal anyway. Well, they wanted... Uh, oh, they wanted well, his red matter. That's all right. Yeah, they wanted the red matter, and they wanted revenge against Spock. Mm-hmm. At least Nero did. He. It was basically uh, the Wrath of Khan, except 
uh, Spock was Kirk and Nero was Khan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry if I'm boring you. No, no, no. <laughs> sorry, it's, it's a long work, yeah. uh, long work week. Yeah, I guess. Whatever, man. But, no, you're totally boring me. <laughs> Stop crap, no. man. No, it's just uh, I don't know. I, I I think that's the only real big gripe I have with the movie. Yeah, is that that 25 year gap? Because it seems like they could have plotted better, mm-hmm. or they could have you know done something during the meantime and just instead of sitting on their asses waiting for Spock. Well, I mean, because Romulans have such a greater lifespan, I mean, maybe it's, you know, normal for Romulans to just kind of be patient. No, I I don't. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're also Romulans by nature are isolationalists from like what we were discussing in the last episode. Yeah, that's true. Uh, So, I can totally see them like hiding out somewhere yeah, in and, their and, huge ship. I wonder if it knows? has a cloak. Oh, that's probably what they hid the ship with. They had a huge cloak, probably. See, that that's what I think. I think they may have like gone off ship to like mm-hmm. get supplies or something and may have just been captured by Klingons. Mm. And then they did the whole prison escape, go back to the Narada, which is apparently yeah. cloaked. Yeah. Mm. Because, I mean, what Romulan ship doesn't have a cloaking device? I mean, come on. <laughs> right. um, no, I don't know. A drilling? A mining ship? Yeah. That apparently only has <laughs> one drill. Hide. That huge-ass thing only has one, one drill, drill, apparently. Uh, because once, drill, they, baby, uh, drill, baby. <laughs> once they destroyed that, that drill above San Francisco, yeah. it was like, ah. Oh. Crap, they destroyed the drill. <laughs> That's it. We gotta go back to home. Like, that huge-ass thing only has one drill. It, I don't know. I don't buy that. Here's another question. Why didn't he ever go to, uh, what do you call it? To um... Romulus? Yeah. He didn't want to pollute the timeline? Um, he already did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um... He did that in a major way. <laughs> yeah. He did that uh, in the first seven seconds of the movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, well, Nero's dead now, so... I I don't know. I mean, that's obviously an excellent question. Why didn't he go back to Romulus and tell them what was going to happen? Yeah, and then recruit uh, yeah, recruit more Romulans. Outfit could have just stopped everything. He could have outfitted the Narada. Well, he could have outfitted the Romulan ships from that time period uh, with the twenty fourth century Borg technology. Then what would have happened? That would have made a better movie. I should rate these movies. Anywho, the uh, so we've <laughs> the Klingons. Um, from what I saw, they don't have ridges, but they have scarring where ridges would be. And in the makeup tests for Nero and the others in the um, special features, they actually showed they were playing around with with ridges for really? the Romulans. Yeah. So that they actually consider doing that to keep in line with with Nemesis mm-hmm. and and all that. So, but yeah, you definitely see scarring, and but who knows? I mean, they could have. Yeah, all Romulans may not have had those ridges. It could have been a genetic thing. Yeah, they could have explained, right. explained it just well, like they did the Klingon. Yeah, you know, exactly. that's that's what I was referring to with the uh, the scarring from the uh, Klingons. Did I say yeah. Romulans? I meant Klingons if I said Romulans. The oh, Klingons right. had the scarring on their uh, forehead. Oh, yeah, and that's why they had the helmets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then they had the helmets with the uh, with the actual ridges, like, kind of built in. 
Yeah, I think that was a nice touch. Hopefully, we'll actually see him in Into Darkness, since supposedly they go to uh, Quonos. Yeah, that'll be cool. And like, we never seen that I can recall Klingons with uh, with these helmets before, which is you know kind of cool and a diversion from uh, you know the prime timeline a little bit. But yeah, I uh, remember that. Yeah. I think a, a kind of a welcomed one, in my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in that this movie, Star Trek, uh, from 2009, 47 Klingon ships were destroyed. Yeah, that's pretty uh, bad. There's, there's the 47. Yeah, I was reading, um, and that, I guess, was somewhat intentional from what I was reading. I, I can't verify that source. I think it was Wikipedia. It was intentional? I, yeah, because uh, there's a lot of 47 in uh, in Star Trek. Really? We yeah. Oh, you don't know about this? We should do an episode on 47 on Star Trek. There's like uh, a Wikipedia entry. There's like this guy that came in from, I forget what it was. And I don't remember what 47 was. <laughs> no, see, it's, um, no, we could go into this later. Yeah, we'll it's, yeah. later. it's actually pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, really? I, was re- I was reading up on that earlier, uh, couple of days ago actually last week i think that, that's okay. why um my screen name has a uh, 47 in it really mm-hmm. because wow. of the whole 47 phenomenon in uh, star trek yeah yeah well we'll talk about that so next um let's talk about the the enterprise for a little bit oh boy <laughs> the design so, yeah she's a big ship right she's a big mama the enterprise Here's my first problem yep. i thought it was built in space at the San Francisco Yards. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of problems for yeah. everyone. It was on the ground. Yeah, it built and in Iowa. You, and how do you fly it out of? I mean, it, it would destroy everything around it. Well, they want to go to warp. No, but still, it would be like launching a huge ass rocket. Well, I don't know. Well, uh, we've seen like the the original Enterprise in Earth's atmosphere before. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. They have thrusters, and they had. Voyager could land. Yeah, but th- this ship was even bigger than the Enterprise D. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was actually, um, I read when I read up about this, they said that they used the scale for the Enterprise mm-hmm. differently. So in some scenes, it looks like it's seven hundred meters long, yeah. where in others, it only looks like it's three hundred meters long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. What happened was they wanted to make the ship bigger, so they did scale it up. But there's no you can, reason for them to. <laughs> there's no reason for them to, but the windows and stuff are all like you know messed up because now you have like these huge ass windows, uh-huh. um, like in these huge decks where it. So it, I don't know, it it's all like out of whack. Um, but it's a cool looking ship, I guess. Mm-hmm. Even though the I- saucer section doesn't look like it should be on there. Yeah, the 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 saucer section looks more like the refit Enterprise that we've seen in uh, later movies. But right. I I really like the lines of the ship. I I like how the neck yeah scoops into yeah. the ship. Mm-hmm. That's and kind actually, of next generation X esque, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a really sleek looking ship. I I, I like, love the nacelles. No, I'm still not sold on the nacelles. They're huge. They are huge. Uh, I, Gene Roddenberry would probably, <laughs> yeah, as uh, Scotty would say. Yeah, uh, I think my hands on her. I don't think cells. Gene Roddenberry would like 
the length of these nacelles? No. Well, he's gone now, so... Well, yeah, he is. <laughs> he's so dead. Everything's out the window, so to speak. No, I, I think it's a pretty sleek-looking show. Yeah, uh, my only issues with this design is the saucer section. Um, I mean, they did that just because to keep kind of like so that you would know what's the Enterprise. I mean, looks really, like the bridge, the bridge dome on the top looks almost one hundred percent the same, except for uh, the window where the screen is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a big change. That was a huge change compared to every other series ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a window. Yep. And um, also. Kelvin had a window like that too. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. So there's some continuity, at least within it, their own universe, um, with that. And also the size. The Kelvin had 800 crew members, which is a lot for a ship of from that time period. Mm-hmm. The original Enterprise had a crew of, I want to say, like 400. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, so I can only imagine this new Enterprise must have a crew of a uh, thousand or more. Um, yeah, and at that point you're getting into like it being the size of the Enterprise D. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I, I'm not a big fan of that. No, they should definitely have kept the scale down. They, I, I'm guessing they only did it so it'll be kind of it would be cooler. Yeah. I guess. See, I, I hate using. I, I hate that. I hate. I, I don't know if it's the movie studio or the director, but I hate doing things just for the sake of the cool factor. Right. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. Because uh, the movie is cool to begin with. Like, you don't need to... Yeah, I, I mean, the original scale of the Enterprise would have been fine. No one would have even noticed. It's still a big ship. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean it's, it's, it's a big ship in space. It's... Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many decks the this Enterprise is supposed to have, but the original seventy four. Yeah, the original had twenty three, which is fine, and and the yeah. original had a crew of four hundred. That's yeah. an acceptable number. Yeah, and and the Pikes had like two hundred uh, uh, crew members. So between Pike and then Kirk, they gained 200 more crew members, but the size didn't change. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, obviously they had to have doubled up on quarters or, you know, they clearly did a refit of some kind between Pike and, and Kirk since we saw the nacelles change and mm-hmm. a couple details on on the on that. But right. yeah, I, I don't know why they couldn't have just kept the original scale. Right. It's it's a clean looking ship. I I, I actually I love the like, bridge. I love the bridge too. Do you? I just don't like how the lights are flashing in the eyes. Did you realize that the bridge actually is? Um, in some scenes they show it as having a hallway behind, and in other scenes they show it as having the turbo shaft. I did. I definitely did notice like so Spock. Like, Spock walked out, and there was like people walking. I did yeah. notice that. Yeah, uh, in the middle of the bridge, and also yeah. there's a there's a doorway in the middle of the bridge now. Yeah, like in the back. I'll, I'll have to look at that again. Yeah, no, I. I d- glass. You like the? See, I don't really like the the bridge of the of the ship. I don't I know. I, I like. I don't I like, like the bridge. <laughs> well, I liked. I feel like they should have kept some of the original series colors, like the reds and you know stuff oh, like what, that. Oh, put the put the uh, railway around it. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think I needed something. The railway always reminded me of uh, <laughs> hockey boards without uh, the actual boards underneath. Yeah, I don't Remember know. They're all I, red I always, on the top. Yeah, I always liked. Uh, I liked the rail. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it was like in every incarnation of the. Oh wait, maybe it wasn't. I was gonna say every incarnation of the TOS movies, but I don't. I don't think that's true. No, they didn't. They yeah, they had a thing, but it wasn't red. Yeah, I'm not sure if it like if they also had the the rails though. Yeah, they did. Did they? They were just in different places. It wasn't as full around. Yeah, I, I don't know, yeah. I, but I think they should have had it in this movie. Uh, so yeah, so you guys like the bridge? Um, you like the like kind of like the black enamely kind of texture yeah. of it yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I, I thought it was fine. Well, fine. <laughs> you, you no, I, mean, I, I I like that it was um a, a futuristic looking ship. You, it I, was definitely a. I didn't like the captain's chair though. You don't like the captain's chair? No. I I like that there was a definite contrast between the Calvin and then the Enterprise. But you could still see the similarities. Like, I liked how they both had a whole bunch of on-screen displays. Like, mm-hmm. Well, that um, thing had a ton of on-screen displays. Yeah, I, I, I really liked how they incorporated all that, like, touch glass yeah. technology. I mean, it's not too far off from where we are today. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, the bridge during the Kobayashi Maru was a redress of the Calvin Bridge. Mm-hmm. In case you didn't know that, Little I did know that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, but yeah, I thought I thought that was a nice touch to add to the fact that the Kelvin was an older ship. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Then with main engineering, it was the Budweiser Brewery. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is why we have um, Ohora ordering uh, three Bud Classics. Uh, in that was the so bar scene, yeah, uh, along with Cardassian, Cardassian. Uh, sunrises and uh, slusho mix. Slusho mix. mix. Did you notice that? Yeah. And what's that from? No idea. I don't remember. That's from Slusho's from. Yes. Oh, is it? Yes. Is a thing of everything he's been in. In fact, the hull of I forget if it's the Kelvin or if it's the. Enterprise are one of the ones that gets destroyed in that mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning. There's um, symbols from the thing from Lost. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's um, there's a corporation logo in San Francisco that's from Lost. Yeah. And there's also another thing that J.J. Abrams likes to do. He always likes to have like some kind of red sphere in his movies or yeah. projects. Oh, yeah, really? Which is why it's so, a red matter. Yeah, so Alias, oh. his his show Alias had a big red like thing in it that was kind of like this artifact that they were going after. Oh. So in Lost he, there was one too. Exactly. So he kind of likes to incorporate similar things in his works. I so see. Like slusho and slusho. All that crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Overfield uh, monster wasn't in it. <laughs> well, the, the the one that was chasing Kurt kind of had a similar yeah. look to it. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. The red, and that was red too, by the way. They call it Big Red. Yeah, which doesn't really make sense on a uh, an ice planet to have like a red monster. Yeah, I, I thought it was more like a... <laughs> <laughs> I like to complain about everything. Well, we're discussing the movie. 
Uh, see, uh, we're never going to run out of things that put his uh, quantum, quantum state into <laughs> flux. Yeah, good thing, too. I guess. I don't know. So, <laughs> well, I actually did not realize that he had red spheres in every movie yeah. or in everything that he did. Because I'm, I'm not really a huge J.J. fan, really, outside of this movie. Get out. You're done. Get out of here. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't like Lost at the end. But so I didn't, the last I didn't watch. I didn't like. Well, I heard no one really liked it. I, uh,. I never really got into Lost. I may might have watched one or two episodes because everyone was like, "Oh, you gotta watch Lost." Um, one of my exes really liked Alias, so I never watched Alias. You never did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that's why it's an ex. No, just kidding. And then I, uh, I never saw Cloverfield. No. Oh, that's a good movie. I went and saw it in the movie theater. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was going to be. I didn't think it was. No, I I saw it in the theater too, and I I thought it was pretty entertaining. I liked it. I heard people kept complaining they were getting motion sickness. Yeah, because just like, um, what was the other one that did that? Blair Witch movie. We kind of touched on this already, but with Nero and the destruction of Romulus, uh, Nero blamed the Federation because they did nothing. Spock betrayed Romulus, and uh, Nero wanted a Romulus uh, free of the Federation, and the Narada was a simple mining vessel. Then we have, in contrast, we have uh, the prime Spock and the destruction of Vulcan. So the Vulcan Science Academy commissions this uh, jellyfish-type uh, vessel to mm-hmm. house the red matter. Yeah, let's um, make it look like a jellyfish. That might be a good idea. One of the one of the things that I found odd is why is Spock the only crew member set out to stop this uh, exploding supernova that threatens the galaxy? <laughs> well, I think uh, since he was the Federation ambassador to Romulus, maybe mm-hmm. he felt it was his duty to help them out. Oh, well, no, well but also, that's fine. Yep. also, Spock is a scientist by nature, and yes. mm-hmm. a, a damn good one at that. Right. So I, I think maybe he was the most qualified well, to, I've, to deal with it. Yeah, I, I don't have anything wrong with Spock being the chief person on this mission. Uh-huh. I just don't know why he would be the only person in the crew of well, the ship. Why, why risk a whole bunch of people for essentially a suicide mission? Maybe he wanted to take it on and... Mm-hmm. not risk anyone else in the but, process. But what if his attempt failed? Because he says uh, when he mind melts with, with Kirk that it was a supernova that threatened the galaxy. He didn't say okay. Romulus. Well, well, here's the thing. So the yeah. Star Trek uh, countdown comic gives an explanation on, on why this supernova is so extreme. Okay. Is because it's fueled by a certain element that's kind of rare. Okay. So it makes it like an ever expanding supernova. Like it'll just keep going if if it wasn't stopped. Oh, okay. So I wish they explained that a little better in the movie. Right. And maybe tied some of the elements from the countdown comic which is primarily sent in the prime universe. Mm-hmm. I think that Romulus was one of the most populated planets that was directly in the supernova's path. I see. And that's why Nero went crazy because Spock was trying to get them help, but mm-hmm. it, it didn't work out because the Vulcan right. science 
Academy was just like, no, not our problem. <laughs> Sorry. Well, one of the uh, reasons why it might not have been explained a lot is because this movie really lacked the uh, Trekno babble that a lot of the movies are known for. Yeah. I think it could have used a little bit more Trekno babble. Mm-hmm. Just saying, like, red matter. Like, yeah. okay, what's that? You know, yeah, exactly. Is there blue matter, yellow matter? Like, like, like that That means nothing to me. Right. Yeah, that was kind of uh, <laughs> kind of cheap how they just, like, say this thing and then don't explain yeah. it. And in the Countdown comic, they actually call that, that the Romulans are mining a precious metal called decalithium. So that mineral is can be converted into red matter, which is capable of turning a star into a short-lived black hole. So huh. that's right. Lithium. <laughs> right. Well, they just destroy stars. Right. right. They, they stop I, all nuclear fission. Yeah. What's up with the, what's up with this uh, Romulans and wanting to blow up stars? Stuff? Well, I think they wanted to use this red matter to to suck the supernova into itself right. instead of ever expanding. So we uh, we talked about this earlier. Everyone gets promoted, and it's a happy go lucky ending to the movie. Everyone's Yay. yeah, uh, the Enterprise makes it out of this huge black hole that was created from all the red matter that was there. It all almost, of the red matters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is almost sucked in with the Narada, but Scotty ejects the uh, the warp core and detonates it and that blast. Uh, I like how the warp core came out in like 17 different pieces. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, and it was more like, like containers. Yeah. So... Yeah. When they say, you know, eject the work core, it seemed like he was also ejecting all of the antimatter pods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Th- that's how I took it. Yeah. And, yeah, in the past, it was just the... Uh, One solid work core assembly. Yeah, which, if you think about it, probably wouldn't have done anything because that just controls the reaction of the matter and antimatter. Yeah, so you would almost want to get rid of all of the antimatter. Right. Yeah, so this so, movie makes much more sense. <laughs> well, something makes sense, finally. <laughs> yeah, something makes sense. And, but yeah, uh, I mean, it, it makes sense that yeah. they would be ejecting antimatter pods because the antimatter could have affected the black hole. Exactly. Right, and it apparently was enough to blow them out of the way, which uh, is hey, good. You don't, you don't want to mess with antimatter. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty dangerous. True that. You don't want to mess with the best. <laughs> you don't want to mess with the best. Oh, I wonder. <laughs> so the the Romulans we we discussed in the last episode uh, use quantum singularities to power their ships? warp drive and yeah their ships at least their warbirds. So, so they use they use black holes. So they, they might use decalithium. Yeah. That mentioned in the countdown to generate rad matter to power their singularities. Yeah. It's uh. all tying in. <laughs> it all crazy. makes sense. My God. <laughs> My God. This is horrible. <laughs> um, I think we just figured out a, a big Star Trek mystery. Yeah, I, I think so. I, How could we not know that? Uh. 
Or maybe we're just realizing it too late and everyone's already figured that out. I don't think so. I think we're the first. I think we're the first. But what I was going to say, uh, like, what they could have, like, if they can generate black holes with uh, whatever method they used to make use or whatever, why didn't they do that to stop the um, the uh, uh, good point? Thing? Yeah. Maybe because this the red matter that creates the black holes, maybe that's more powerful mm. than yeah. the ones that they use to power their ships. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that must be why, or no one thought of it. Um, Could be. Probably more likely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, see, I, I think all three of us should just get together and uh, write uh, Star Trek three. The, the wrath of Harrison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, let's uh, warp right into our next segment. <laughs> Subspace uh, channels open. So this week we ask you, the listeners, which Star Trek 09 actors do you think did a good job interpreting their original series characters? Although I think he goes a little bit too too crazy. I think that Simon Pegg got the Scotty one. Uh, you liked his interpretation? Yeah, I like yeah. that. Uh, see, he. I would have liked to see more of uh, Scott. I think you got to see more in this one. Yeah, I'm sure, but I don't know. It, it it didn't really feel like the Scotty from the from the series. I I feel like he was more comic relief in mm. the the last movie. But I thought it was just fine that way. Oh no, I I I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I I liked it. I just feel like um, um I, scotty was pretty funny in the original series yeah he had a wit to him yeah he yeah. he certainly had a, a a wit about him yeah no i'm not i'm not saying that uh, I, I think I, that is what you're saying <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> i, I so just what are you saying do you i don't know that? i i just think it was maybe a little more extreme in the jj movie i guess but so was kirk so was spock they all were yeah, um, I guess to a point. Well, I guess in a in a movie you have to be a little bit more extreme to get your point across because it's not something that you work, you know, like seven seasons to uh, to show. It's something that you have to get across in two hours. So I, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Eric, do you have any uh, anyone stand out for you? For me, it was a, a toss-up between uh, Spock, uh, Zachary Quinto's uh, Spock, mm-hmm. and also uh, Carl Urban's McCoy. Mm-hmm. I thought um, Mc, uh, Carl Urban did an, a phenomenal job having the same mannerisms as Bones from the original series, mm-hmm. but, I mean, putting his own spin on it. And plus, I, I really like Zachary Quinto's portrayal of Spock. Mm-hmm. I like the guy that played his father. That was a good pick. Yeah, oh, for I, a Sarek? Yeah. yeah, I forget the actor's yeah. name, but I, 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 I thought he's a, he... He's a character actor. He's been in a hundred different things. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's like that guy. Like, <laughs> the guy that you always see. Like, like, I know that guy. Yeah. That guy was in... I can't remember, but I know he was in that geek thing. <laughs> I liked um, Carl Urban. I thought he did a good job as McCoy. Although... I felt like he looked the least like his character, like DeForest Kelly. But I, I thought his mannerisms and everything was uh, was pretty spot on. Yeah. So let's get into the fan answer. Well, yeah, I guess the fan answers. Uh, on tw- on the Twitter, 
we have on the Twitter. <laughs> on the Twitter, we have at <laughs> at little cute girl eighty six. I liked <laughs> Spock and Ahura. Seems like they did a decent job with the role. Mm. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Next, we have at Borg underscore R Yeah, <laughs> um, Bones did a damn good job, and Scotty exclamation point heart. But more importantly, the actors all had a good group dynamic and worked well yes. together. <laughs> uh, next, we have at Lady Bird eighty three. Uh, the only four that did the best jobs <laughs> were Spock, Scott, Bones, and Kirk. Everyone else missed their mark. Everyone's oh, entitled well, to their opinion. Well, um, I, I know that in several interviews they said that the actors they never wanted to completely mm-hmm. impersonate the characters or do caricatures of them. Right. That's why we don't have Chris Pine dramatic pausing every two seconds. Right. Uh, I, I, I don't think that they missed their mark, but I mean, yeah, everyone has their opinion. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> It's just not the right one. So, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next we have at I want to say Blasi nineteen. Uh, Zachary Quinto did an amazing job, I thought, and uh, he did an alright job. He was okay. <laughs> uh, next we have at Jaren Yoon, uh, Carl Urban, and Chris Pine, younger Kirk, but still pretty good. Uh, Simon Pegg was the Scotty I wish we had seen more of. Uh, I agree. And yes. next, uh, next we have at Arcade underscore Bros, another show on the Four Eyed Radio Network, and they said uh, Red Shark Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Red Shark Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So moving to Facebook. We have Eric Dewey of the uh, Socially Awkward podcast. I think Chris Pine did a great job channeling a young Shatner for the Kirk role. However, no one played their TOS characters better than Leonard Nimoy as Spock Prime. It was almost like it was the same actor. Uh, thank well, you. no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Eric, for that. Next, we have my friend Fletcher, who says the 09 Spock seemed to play the half-human role better than Nimoy because he showed more emotion than a normal Vulcan, but oh, Ohora uh, was good too. Carl Urban also nailed the old bitter doctor role too, so I don't know. They all did, they all did except Chekhov, but that may be because they made him a kid? What? Uh, well, he was a young. Well, he was yeah, he was young yeah. in the original series. Yeah, he was, and they even make um, make a point of that when I think it was in maybe Star Trek Six when he's, Chekhov says, "Were we ever that young?" And Kirk says, "No, yeah, you, you were. were. Younger. <laughs> yeah, you were younger. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, so, I, I really like that line. Yeah, so he was supposed to be very young in the original. Yeah, he was the kid of the group. So next. Uh, we'll move on to Google Plus, uh, which we always get awesome answers uh, from Google Plus. Uh, the googs. The googs. <laughs> the the googly googs. Googly um, So first up, we have Clive. Uh, Clive Burrell. 
who says uh, short answer, Kyle Urban. Uh, and now we have his long answer. However, in the second paragraph. Um, long answer, Kyle Urban. The almost real McCoy. Mannerisms, tone, all there. A virtual recreation of DeForest, Kelly, uh, of DeForest, and he's nailed it in every sense, and he wouldn't be out of place in uh, TOS. Uh, however, my thoughts are that surely we want uh, them to be different. Of course we do, and quit calling me Shirley. <laughs> it's all new and shiny. Zoe uh, Saldana Donna. Donna, uh, would definitely be the winner on that one, as her Uhura is totally different than the Shell's version. It's the Uhura that could have been if she hadn't got... If, if she, she got... Uh, if she got to do more than open the damn hailing frequencies for three seasons. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think... But it was a different time, too. you got to remember that. Uh, yeah. yeah, but still, I, I think I, I think Zoe Saldana brought a lot more to Uhura. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree. She's definitely uh, more talented. Well, well, I, I wouldn't say more talented. Not, I, not, I just, not as an actress. Uh, that's not what I mean. I, I mean the the character. Oh, the character. The character seems more talented because um, you don't. You never saw, like we mentioned before, you never see. Uh, her linguistic skills ever put to a test, except in Star Trek VI, where she's butchering Klingon. Yeah, we're condemning foods and things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I don't mean the actress when I'm saying less talented. I, I yeah. mean the the actual character seems less uh, less equipped than in this new alternate reality. So next we have Bill uh, Clump. Another close one would be Zachary Quinto's take on Spock because of the pressure he was under uh, doing the role under the uh, gaze of Leonard Nimoy. Uh, because if he wasn't hitting it right, J.J. would have known about it immediately. Uh, the hardest one to nail exactly would have uh, been Chris Pine doing Kirk, because I don't think anyone could mimic William Shatner, especially his voice uh, cadence, which... <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I don't think anyone could. Yeah, uh, only very comically, uh, which that would have taken away so much from the movie. Yeah, I, I like that they that Chris Pine played Kirk like straight into the point. He still had that swagger about him. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah I, I I think he did a great version of Kirk. Totally. Next we have Jules Sherrod. Sherrod. Uh, who says Carl Urban? Just Carl Urban. Just Carl Urban. Just Carl. Uh, next we have Tatiana uh, Raquel, who says Zachary Quinto as Spock. Fascinating. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next we have Michael Freeman. I'd have to agree that it's a toss-up between Urban and Quinto's McCoy and Spock, respectively. They did an outstanding interpretation. Uh, the others did a fine acting, a fine acting job, uh, enough to tell which characters uh, they were supposed to be, but they didn't reflect the original actors nearly as much. Okay. Uh, next, we have I'm going to just say Bill T. Uh, sorry, Bill, I can't pronounce that name. <laughs> Who sa- also says Carl Urban, 
Uh, and even though it wasn't totally Scotty, I would say Simon Pegg as well. Hmm. Next, we have Joanne King, who also says Kyle Urban, who seemed to be channeling Bones. Hands down, he did the best job. Okay. Okay. I agree with that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next, we have Min uh, T. Uh, Wen. Win. Win, yeah. Win. Uh, I would also say I would also say Zachary Quinto as Spock. So so far it seems to be a toss up between uh, Spock McCoy and McCoy. And uh, next we have Darren Moser who says I feel Bruce Greenwood's rendition of Pike was superb. As compared to Pike as was only in, in what one two episodes. Yeah. Um, I mean, not but well, let me, okay, let's 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 finish. Yeah, uh, let's yeah. get this whole. Uh, with greatly fewer hours of source material for the okay. character, I believe he was given more freedom to uh, entrench his own view on the former captain. I hope he appears in all the reboots. Uh, and he signs it Dr. Sci-Fi at Dr. Sci-Fi on Twitter. I totally agree with uh, Darren on this one. I I loved uh, Bruce Greenwood as Captain Pike. I mean, we got to see Pike a lot in in the um, in the cage and and the menagerie, mm-hmm. and we saw that he was a tough as nails captain. Right. And I, I really think Bruce Greenwood did a amazing job as Pike. Yeah. He totally. has kind of like that original series feel to his acting as well, mm. like the more serious. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm glad he's in this uh, the sequel. Me too. Every, even in the international trailer, all his lines he was saying, I'm like, this is awesome. I love Pike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that does it for the Subspace channels this week. Wow, it seems like we got a lot of responses. So thanks to everyone who, uh, who commented. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, yeah. So next, the, uh, the final segment of the show. Do you know what puts my quantum state into flux? Have you gotten a cream for that? Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> it's been uh, weeks. No, just like like uh, the Borg uh, implants. Uh, yeah, it causes yeah. some skin irrita- yeah, irritation. I can, yeah, you need a an- analgesia cream. Yeah, analgesia <laughs> cream. Okay, what puts your quantum state into flux? Okay, so. Nero's incursion into the past would have would have set only minor changes to the timeline. Uh, however, it seems as though the entire look and feel of the universe from the prime timeline has been altered. Even before Nero's incursion, the USS Kelvin had uh, had a look that just didn't quite fit uh, from what we've seen in the prime timeline. An example of this would be the window view screen, which uh, wasn't used prior. There are real-world reasons uh, as to why this happened, but what about in-universe? In, uh, my rationale, my thinking is that uh, the red matter black hole didn't uh, only go into the past, but punched into another parallel dimension. This would mean that Nero didn't actually have a profound effect on the universe, but on an alternate dimension in uh, that would explain why the technology and the uniforms uh, were different. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I have to agree with this. Uh, and I think they stated it pretty clearly in the movie. I mean, this this isn't just going back in time. This is a fundamental uh, shift into well, a, a parallel reality. Right, but um, any incur- it didn't seem like they really... St- 
state that in the movie. They stated that it was a um, alternate uh, timeline only because of uh, Nero's incursion, but not because. I mean, they didn't say that it was a alternate dimension from where Nero came from. I, I, I thought they did. I thought they said that it was a parallel reality. Well, a parallel reality, I mean, that would have happened no matter if there was, when the incursion happened. I think they were only referring to uh, a split from um, what happened because of uh, Nero traveling through time. No, I, I, I really didn't get that. Um, uh, that was my interpretation. Okay. Of it. But but either way, we know it's it's not just an incursion into the past. It's... A pretty clear alternate reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually posted some uh, article links. Yes, I, I uh, saw those. Yep. From uh, X asterisk Scientia uh, or Scientia. Mm-hmm. Really don't know how to say that, but I, I've been going to this site for years. Yeah. Um, it's a great Star Trek resource, mm-hmm. but they have some great articles referencing the Abrams verse and how it ties into continuity. And they even have a a, a diagram that shows like timeline and then alternate dimension. Right. Yeah. That was a good, a, a good diagram. I like that. And I like how the diagram also included uh, the U S sorry, the uh, yesterday's enterprise uh, incident. Right. um, Which was also an alternate reality. Mm Mm-hmm. But based on the prime. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what got my quantum state into flux. Well, you really need to get that looked at. Yeah. (laughs) You got to get a specialist on that one. Yeah. And actually, as a side note, uh, with this website, I've also been going onto this site for years. And uh, a few years ago, they, the uh, the guy who ran the site had a contest to redesign his logo. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I entered it. And then I didn't win. Uh, someone else won, but uh, this was, I want to say, about six years ago that mm-hmm. this contest happened, and uh, they haven't changed the logo at all in in that time. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, he had the contest to change the logo, and then he uh, never changed never it. Never changed it. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I have, to, I have to see if I can find that logo that I did for that site. Yeah, the site's been around since, like, 98 yeah, it's been such a long time. It's but it's such a great site. Yeah, it really is. And they have uh, like all these different scans of um, like pictures from the, uh, the Star Trek the magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, and I mean that's where I go to like look at uniform designs and stuff like that instead of pulling out my actual physical Star Trek the magazine and like flipping through because those pictures are way better than anything that I could find in the. Uh, Star Trek the Encyclopedia. Oh, okay. And that's my rant on that website. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, yeah, they've got um, they actually they've been comparing screenshots of um, oh yeah, yeah the next generation to the remastered. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? That's where I, I got some of the um, uh, some of the things I was saying about the uh, how they changed the text that was on like the view screens and stuff like that. And they got the text wrong. Um, it was from that website. Oh, okay. So thanks for listening. I'm Aaron. I'm Marty. And I'm Eric. See you next time.
You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where you can catch a new episode every other Monday. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com, on Twitter at sfescapepod, or on facebook.com slash sfescapepod. This has been another great presentation of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch more shows at foureyedradio.com.